Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Countout Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stardom Road Podcast here on the Countout Network. I am your host, Scott Edwards. This is episode 10, part 2 of the Ariso Shiki series, and Nobody better to have with me to continue this journey of not only the stardom road, but the storied career of Arisa Ushiki. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, not that story because it's only, again, 151 <laughs> matches, but it's a crazy, great career. Anyways, of course, Trent back with me. Very exciting. A lot better introduction than last time, right? Well, you know, sometimes we nail it, sometimes we don't. That's good that you nailed this one because I'm on a very wet stardom road right now. It's bucketing down down here in Australia. So, um yeah, it's it's nice to have a bit of sunshine and brightness talking about Arisa while it's uh, decidedly not sunshiny and bright out in the real world. Yeah, we bring the shining star to Australia with this conversation. Um, as you all have probably heard by now, hopefully have heard by now, we, we went into her career overview, kind of why she was so special. We talked about her early career, her first run with mm. stardom, which, of course, ended very quickly and as you could tell by Rossi's comments unexpectedly yes. um, as she went on to pursue other goals, but she of course returned to stardom to have one of the best one plus year runs you'll ever see out of any wrestler. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Cause this is the run that everyone loves. Everyone adores. This is the run that people fell in love with who Arisa was as a pro wrestler. And there's so many great moments, so many great matches, uh, this is the matches will be heavily discussed on our third part episode. Mm. But before we get into all that, how fondly do you remember this run from Arisa Shiki? Incredibly fondly because I was watching as it was happening during this period. I think I was about a year into, well, a year and a half into full on watching Stalin. So I'd gotten a feel for the company, I got a feel for all the wrestlers and the vibe, and I was right into it. And then when Arisa came in, I, I was aware of her, like I knew she was a former wrestler. I had never actually gone back and watched her matches beforehand. So I was kind of curious. And then I realized, like, hang on, I have seen this wrestler before. And it was the Brazilian kicks I'd seen in yeah. gift form being yeah. shared around. And so it was really exciting to actually follow this as it happened and just sort of see the way she handled it, the way she was immediately pushed and the way that, like, she hadn't missed a beat. She just got back into the ring. It looked like she had been wrestling for years by this point. And then just watching it all unfold. Unfortunately, it meant I saw her retire and have to 
uh, pull away and she didn't get the like the goodbye that she deserved that was kind of a you know she had to retire and that was it we didn't get her saying goodbye to the fans there was no final match really it was just an innocuous six-person tag match i believe um but the the fond memories far outweigh the sadness of her departure yes that they do um so i i've i don't know if i've i think we did on the first episode but i've explained that i i came into stardom right before the boom pretty much for them mm. um but the way i did it was i went back into the history i didn't start like right when everything was going on no i made sure to go back start 2011 and go forward because if i if i want to get into a promotion i want to understand the history of it behind it and it's always a funny story you know i'll tell it because it's perfect timing now um, as we talk about Arisa's second run, is that so? As I talked about last time here on the show, I talked about the match with Nanai and Arisa, and that was the first match I ever saw start. First, not only the first match I saw of Arisa, it was the first mm. match I ever saw start. And of course, the person that made this list for me, big Arisa fan, thank you, Alex. Um, so that <laughs> helped, but I was instantly locked in. I was like, this, this she is like. This this is the wrestler I want to follow, and the funny thing was, any every time I liked a wrestler, I would get like the tricks and hints of like, oh my god, she's fantastic! I can't wait to watch her. And they'd be like, well, <laughs> and the Arisa one hurt the most because she just retired right when I was like really starting to get into. It. I think I probably I might have gotten to the Wonder Run by the time she did, and my heart like. I already had like this. so my three favorites from the first watch through were Mayu obviously, Momo, and Arisa, and they all are still my favorites for mm. various reasons. But it was it was the Arisa one that broke me, and then the funniest one ever. Um, not that this has anything to do with Arisa, but I just want to tell a story. Um, I said, "Oh, I love Hazuki." <laughs> and and I was told, well, do I have a story for you? And I just remember being like, huh? <laughs> like, mm. oh, not only did she leave, she she she, you know, she put a knife through the back of Starter and stuff like that our way out. And that devastated me too because But that bridge somehow wasn't burnt. No, no, it wasn't. It looked like it was burnt for all would, intents and purposes. You would have thought so, but uh clearly Hazuki grew a lot. But anyways, back to Arisa. So she's always been one of my favorites since the moment I started watching Stardom. Um, but I like the fact that we have someone like myself that's talking about that, that came in, watched it the way I did, which is different. But, of course, she was retired by the time I finally caught up. Um, and then, of course, yourself, who got to live through it and watch it and experience it. So hopefully that brings the sort of eye towards this that I think listeners want to hear, is that someone that was there for it and then mm. someone that uh, – unfortunately came in right at the time that it was over um but yeah, this is one of those careers i'm really thankful to have at least a second run to have watched as it happened and yeah yeah you know, a little chance to brag i was fortunate enough to actually see her wrestle live um i've been to two stardom shows in my life one of them was in october of 2019 in and hall got to see her defend the wonder of stardom championship against kagetsu um so i'm very you know thankful like there's so many of these great wrestlers that we will be talking about that we didn't get to see or we might get to see in the future but arisa may have been the final chance and yeah 
I didn't realise at that time it would be my final chance to see her for many reasons. I thought she'd still be wrestling and I thought it would have been a lot easier to get back to Japan during 2020 and 2021. Little did we know, oh, naive pre-COVID Trent. As I like to say, and I, I, I don't know, I've said this to very few people, but my, like, I, I interview wrestlers. I interview Joshi wrestlers. I inter- I've interviewed some crazy ones. I, you know, I've, I've gotten that Yuzuki Akawa interview of mm. all people. Like, that, that, that's, like, the one I'm most proud of just because it happened. Uh, but I've said multiple times that no one, no interview is more important to me than somehow, some way, getting that Arisa one. Because I know it will probably never happen. Yeah, but it's like one of those. It's like that's the one I want. Yes, Mayu would be great, obviously. Yes, like I've interviewed so many great people, but that is the one. And it's like if I get that one, I could just stop. Done. That's your Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, that's it's it's much like how I say like Mayu versus Mercedes Monet is my one dream match, and I'll stop. Mm. I'll retire everything. Now it might happen. Uh, <laughs> so that's tough. That's tough. But uh, I didn't think that was as likely. Uh, but anyway, the next one's gonna have to be Arisa versus Mercedes Monet. So you can. I'm just gonna say Arisa versus anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily retire if that means Arisa comes back. Anyways, let's get into it. So second run, she comes back at the end of 2018. <laughs> um, whole different person. Obviously, she's grown up, so that comes with it. But different look, right? Yep. She's she's away from the uh, polka dot, uh, not polka dot, leopard print. Uh, tank top and like uh, uh what are the leg warmer type boots and mm-hmm. like stuff like that and she's got, you know, got the orange and yellow going on like real superstar looking type gear and it only got better and better of course as her run would go and a lot um, brighter and a lot more indicative of that kind of shining star gimmick yes yes very fitting for stars mm-hmm. um she come back she you know her first match back very fitting of what we talked about in that first episode with ama and how much how good of friends they were back then Mm -hmm. so it's only fitting that she comes back teams with mayu and is successful by doing so beating queen's quest azumi and konami at the time and that's when she's officially given the invitation to join stars and as they say the rest is history (laughs) <laughs> yes it was a it was a very fascinating uh welcome to stars in a lot of ways uh mayu being mayu kind of dominated the proceeding of oh arisa's joining stars isn't she yes she is as she glares a hole into starlight kin saki kashima to the point that arisa even says did they actually have a say in this um <laughs> after after they had both nodded their hair of course not everyone in stars was quite so happy to see another former uh first generation wrestler coming back because Saki Kashima of course was one of those wrestlers not quite first gen but basically first generation she'd come back a little bit earlier become best friends with Mayu Watani now Mayu was replacing her with another first generation wrestler um, a new best friend the original best friend during this time not so happy to be relegated further down the roster yeah I think everyone will figure out who that is if uh, you haven't already uh, week, week, nudge, nudge. Think of the theme. Of, think of the name of this show. <laughs> um, anyways, so with Arisa coming back, it was immediate. Mm. It was immediate that she was not only going to be a big part 
of stardom moving forward, but she was one of the top stars instantly. It yeah. was, you know, like Rossi didn't wait on this one because he had lost so much time without her that it's like, why am I going to wait around? Why am I going to mm. wait around to crown someone that I have went on record as we have of, you know, she was going to be one of the bright stars that brought many fans in. And I think what really embodies that perfectly or what embodies Arisa perfectly is that how quickly it all came together for her the moment she stepped back in. Because mm-hmm. not only did she step back in and look like she never missed a day, right? And not not and it looked like she not only never missed a day, but got better without wrestling for six years. But at the same time, she was able to feel like part of the roster and team mm. like that. And I think that's kind of plays to her vibrant, infectious attitude because it was easy for her to clearly mesh with the rest. It, it's kind of like, and I, I'm not taking a shot at Julia here, but it is kind of like the opposite, right? It's like, no, Arisa wasn't an outsider, but she is from that first generation. She did leave the business. She left stardom and mm. didn't come back till six years and she went right to the main event much like julia did when she came in so but it was very different you didn't feel any of that and you know storylines of course helped that too <laughs> but it, it is a different vibe and i think risa getting to fit right in does just fit who she was yeah it felt like with, when julia came in she was maybe usurping people who were waiting for their time or were just getting that opportunity when arisa came in it didn't really feel like she was taking anyone's spot it it felt like it was always hers to begin with you know the roster was kind of still finding its way obviously it had Mayu and Kagetsu kind of at the top but it hadn't fully developed a lot of the wrestlers that were coming through momo watanabe obviously was the one of some champion she was kind of finding that groove but utami was still very much finding her way. Jungle Kiona was still very much that mid-card, upper mid-card. Konami wasn't a wrestler that had found the character needed to become a potential main eventer. There was a wide-open spot. They needed someone to come in and claim that spot. And Arisa just kind of made sense. She didn't uh, take anyone's spot. It just needed her there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and it's interesting to think about that, yeah, they needed her there because they kind of experienced the same thing when she left. Yeah. When she had to retire, they had to go through that all over again. And it's yeah. not, it's not, and it, ironically, when Julia was coming through. Yeah. So it's almost like they need someone like Julia and they need someone like Utami and so on and so forth. But it is interesting how she stepped in and that's how mm. it was and for her. And then when she left or not left, had to retire, uh, it was the same case. Um, what's interesting about her and it would make sense is that she didn't have a singles match in her comeback until march she didn't have a singles match till march she did all tag team stuff with stars um her and mayu uh teamed up to challenge for the goddess of stardom titles they failed against momo and otami again momo still wonder stardom champion at the time and of course otami big rookie so you can kind of get an idea that that was an unstoppable duo at that mm. time, but it wasn't until March 3rd, 2019, where she had her first singles match with a six minute match with Starlight Kid. And I think that's just interesting to note because while we saw her step right in and feel like she was never missed a day, was better than ever, um, it took her some time to get comfortable in that 
atmosphere of being a singles wrestler. Well, that's the thing too. Like, yeah, she was immediately pushed as a big deal, but she wasn't on the full-time schedule straight away. She sort of gradually built into that mode, which, you know, it makes sense someone who's away for over six and a half years and has been doing other things. And, you know, she didn't really start training again until I think when she first actually popped up uh, when Mayu won the five-star Grand Prix. And then it was not that long after that that she actually made her return in the ring. Uh, so it was it was one of those sort of gradual processes to make sure she was ready for the spot. But, like, from that first match, you could tell, yeah, there's no real concerns with, you know, is this the Arisa that we were hoping to get? It was and then some. I'd say so. I'd say so. Um, fun, fun fact for people, she actually did get to take part in that New York show when they came here. I believe this is the last time they came to the U.S. It, um, is. it was the Big Apple show. Uh, it was Arisa Shiki, Mayu Yutani, Saki Kashima, Tam Nakano defeating Jamie Hayter. Fun, fun. Uh, Kagetsu Martina and Andras Miyagi. Of course, Michiko Miyagi now in Glate. So little mm-hmm. little fun fact for everybody is I think just thinking back to where Stardom was, of course, when they did that American show. And trust me, we have that in the bank if they ever run another one. Uh, don't you worry. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But I think it's cool that at least she got to do that. Mm. Um, and she got to do a lot of things that really she, she was kind of lucky to do in this last, last run. She walked back in at the right time. Like, she, <laughs> yeah, she, she really got a did. little bit of everything to mm. work towards her way in a lot. Of and ways. she got cheering crowds, which unfortunately was a luxury for the past five years. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get that much. And uh, she really used those to her advantage. I mean, those mm-hmm. cheering crowds, um, they adored her as you would think, and that's I think why so many of her matches resonate with me as a fan, because I mean, some of them were just electric, and we'll get to those oh, yeah. more when we get to that title reign. Mm. Um, but the big point here that we need to talk about, because this is really where it kicked into gear, was the 2019 Cinderella tournament, um, a tournament that you think about who. Arisa Shiki is, and without this, there's no big title reign. And this mm. was really, you know, we we say how she was at the top when she walked back in; she was supposed to be a big deal. But this was this was that launching point. And I, again, kind of funny to compare it to Julia in a lot of ways because this this is what Julia did. She walked in at around the same time a year later, mm. and she'd win the Cinderella. And of course, they were going to be the two going head to head so again very fun to think about how they got that same situation back to back years also gets sad though when you start to think about okay well Arisa probably would have been world of stardom champion a little bit <laughs> later and you know but Cinderella tournament 2019 back when it was all one show of course yeah um second last time yes yes it was uh so it was a very very and I think I want I want to say this, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you agree with me or not. I think with how they do the first, second rounds, that could easily at least still be one night. Yeah, uh, I'm not, not going to sit here and do the whole should Cinderella be one night or whatever because I understand why it's not. They sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, it's it's a big tournament that people are enjoy and they're going to buy tickets to it. So why not sell multiple events? Mm-hmm. But I do think with how, I don't want to say a week, but how short those first rounds are, because you don't want to 
completely change the tournament. Otherwise, it's not the Cinderella tournament anymore. Mm. Then it becomes like the New Japan Cup if you change rules and time limits, which I'm sh- I do think maybe could happen someday. Um, hopefully not soon because I do enjoy the simpleness of it. But I do think you can still do the first couple rounds and just have the semifinals and finals be one night and then all the other rounds be another. It's a little, it's tough because like now, like last year, they ran like 30, 32 people in the tournament. And that's a lot of people to have to get through both in just one round. I think as long as they're running a tournament that big, they do kind of need to keep the opening rounds separated a bit more. Otherwise, it's just they're running through it just too quickly, even for their own good. But it is fascinating to compare these one night Cinderella tournaments, which we will do soon. Don't you worry about that. <sighs> um, compared to these sort of more drawn out ones, like as much as I do ultimately, ultimately prefer them being more drawn out because you get more memorable matches. There is kind of a fun atmosphere that surrounded the Cinderella tournament when it was a one night thing because you just knew like that live. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, we, we never got to see them uh, broadcast live. That's kind of a, in this day and age, it would be a pay per view. You would be able to see everything happen. But like, just you, you would tune into like Stardom World and just constantly refreshing to see who was winning, who was advancing. And even though, like, I, from memory, this Arisa victory was the obvious one. There was no real surprise that Arisa won this tournament. It felt like it was hers to catapult into the expected position. It's still kind of fun seeing the direction they go and who is the shock elimination, who gets the run further than you'd expect. There was an excitement surrounding the Cinderella tournament that we don't get now. I think it's interesting to think about the Cinderella tournament now because... Back then, it was like, okay, we obviously know who's winning, and it was like that for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd even say up until Saya won, because I think a lot of people assumed Saya was going to win that by then yeah. after the Tommy challenge and everything. Um, but it has changed, because now we kind of enter the tournaments, and yes, I'm going just off of last year um, with Mirai winning, which mm. anyone that says they predicted Mirai winning is a liar. They did not. I had her in the final. I will. I will I'll, say I'll, I'll give you. I will give you credit for that. You. You yeah. had the belief that she would at least get that far. You know, she did have the world title match too. So mm. kind of playing off that Saya thing. I uh, had him beating her, which was wrong. Yeah, I had started kid winning. She was eliminated in the first round. So again, <laughs> whatever. Um, this this is a historic episode, of course. So we won't uh, talk too much about just recency stuff. But it is interesting how they've created that uncertainty now with yeah. it now this year could become predictable if one thing doesn't happen that you know you and me will talk about on other episodes of non-stardom road but mm. it is interesting how it's changed anyways let's get to arisa's run here in the cinderella tournament so in the first round she defeated saki kashima um and again let's kind of play i'll play like a little devil's advocate here it is funny that she was the one to have the least amount of matches on the night yes. again uh because Kagetsu and Tan Nakano would go to a time limit draw in the first round, um, which would allow Arisa to move to the semifinals automatically, mm-hmm. um, which she would take on Natsuko Tora. I had that. I knew I had it on top of my head. Um, <laughs> of course, Tora had success uh, two years yes. in a row. Good success, not ultimate success unfortunately for her but she did have good success uh two years in a row and then konami defeated starlight kid in the other semi-final match 
um, just for Arisa to defeat Konami, what I think is a great finals uh, mm. between those two. And that it, it's so interesting. Again, I, I like to play this game with you of thinking of how many opportunities Konami had that year. Yeah. Right. And it, it makes you think what changed in, you know, now she's, you know, half wrestling, but back then, I mean, she went to the finals of the two biggest tournaments. Yeah. And it, it's funny because yeah, she went to the finals, two biggest tournaments, uh, sort of, and then she changed into a wedding title next year. And I think myself and I think a lot of people agree, yeah. she was better off in Oedo Tai. It, it brought the best out of her character. It, it just she was always like a perennial gatekeeper for that top spot. Uh, she'd get an occasional championship match, but they never really pulled the trigger on her, which was unfortunate. And you know, especially towards the end, that it was just such a, a glut of people in the same position she was that ultimately maybe had more of a future with the company. Um, but yeah, she she liked Jungle Kiona, and especially after the championship run, like Momo Watanabe, it's just always kind of been in that you know you beat me to prove you're ready for the next level. Yeah, Arisa Shiki beat Konami to prove she was ready for next level. Hana Kimura beat Konami to prove she's the next level. Just in these two tournaments in 2019. Yeah. So so by by the time she won this tournament, it was apparent she was going to beat Momo Watanabe. Mo yeah. Watanabe, again, someone we will break down in the future. She has lots of career left, so that won't be anytime soon. <laughs> uh, that's the crazy thing about her. She like has such she has like so many chapters already, and she's sitting here about to turn 23 this year. Yeah. Um, it's like huh, we're not gonna we're not gonna touch that for a while. Um, but Momo coming off the most dominant reign again, timing. Right, yeah. we're just coming off the time where you know her and Saya wrestled for that record. Um, but we're talking about how she, you know, she had the defense record at this time. <laughs> she was about to hit a year long as champion. She established herself as one of the top dogs in stardom after Io Shirai left, something they really needed. Now, we're not going to sit here and act like everyone agreed with the Momo Watanabe top spot. But, I mean, if you want to just look at the rain in terms of match quality, you can find just greatness from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And it 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 felt like Arisa was the right choice to be the next one, to be that person to get the accolade of beating a Momo Watanabe and not only skyrocketing her to the top, but kind of, in a lot of ways, feeling like a top champion at that time because of course who you know i won't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shoot strays here um but <laughs> with arisa winning this tournament she would of course challenge momo after um mm. and i think this is like one of the more iconic cinderella moments of just arisa getting the dress and stuff because it's like again that as we've talked about that personality really squeaked out because she's like and she reminds me of kind of like when mariah got the dress too because it's like oh all right well this isn't like necessarily what i'm doing here i I mean i'm here to you know beat people up but Mm. hell yeah it's like one of those moments and this is also when the dresses were really cheap Um, (laughs) they're not like they're not like they are now where they're like gowns and 
Yeah, the Sai Kamatani dress in 2021 kind of proved that Stardom were on Bushiroad money and they're oh, yeah. using it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just a special moment for her. And we're going to talk about the title reign and the title win and how mm. that skyrocketed. But this was that rocket. Yeah. yeah. You needed, like, as much as she was already being proven as someone that can, you know, be a main event level player and carry the company in a lot of ways, you still needed, like, the proof in the pudding. You, know, you needed a match that established her. And, yeah, going through the win against Konami after going through Cinderella Tournament, yes, she had a little bit easier because of that buy in the second round. But you still have to wrestle three times in one night. And, yeah, you know, Saki Kashima is incredibly dangerous in these tournaments. Natsu Katora is a bruiser. She'll, you know, she'll extract some energy from you. And then Konami, you know, even back then, she was more than deadly when it came to these kind of matches, striking submissions. Like, it wasn't an easy path for her, even though it could have been harder. There's an enjoyment I get out of this is how felt like instantly Arisa was the top champion when she it, it's true though before yeah you, oh, of course because we're gonna hit the first show we're gonna go right to the title match now hmm. so that show was gold may cork and hall um there was a world of stardom title match on this show and it was in the semi main event <laughs> so again to play to my point um, which was Bea Priestley successfully defending against Suzuki at the time. Hmm. Um, and yes, there is part of the play of Momo is at an all-time high here with the reign, most dominant champion in stardom history for, or at least wonder of stardom champion at the very least. Um, and you have Arisa who is that rising star, that person that's ready to take over coming off the Cinderella win, so that the reason this is main eventing, but mm. at the same time, it's like, all right, well, this is when the Wonder Belt, I think, from from Eo to Momo to Risa, yeah, it got back to that top prestige level that it may have not had for a while there. This period is why so many people refer to the two top belts as being on the same level. Yes. Because if you were watching during these couple of years, it really did feel like the white belt was as valuable, if not more so. Partly because of the reigns, like B. Priestley wasn't necessarily as well received as the white belt champion. And Tony Storm was you know, AWOL for a lot of it. Again, not necessarily any of their faults. But when you've got someone like Io Shirai, who was the ace of the company, holding it for so long, then handing it to Momo, who went on to have such a strong reign. Like, it wasn't like Momo was only main eventing when B Priestley was champion up against someone like Azuki. Momo main evented up against Hanakamura versus Kagetsu. Yeah. Like, you know, a big match which had some story implications. But the level of the white belt was at this point, and Arisa continued that, arguably raising it even more because of the kind of worker she was, because of the kind of matches she was putting on. People were tuning in during that time just as much for the white belt as they were the red belt. Yeah, I love I love talking about this now just because of the reign we've just gone through, right, mm. with Saya Kamatani, and it's that it's at that time. Yeah, no, it's not always main eventing shows, but they've went out of their way to make sure it does have its own pay-per-view main event. Yeah. Now, the world title isn't always defended on those, but it's still an effort to say, hey, this title still is meaningful in its own way. Um, yeah. To the point it, that it's almost a detriment in a way because, like, when you look at who can be a red belt champion, who can be a white belt champion, the answer is 
the very best in the company. They they lack that kind of true mid card belt to to sort of have people wrestle for because the white belt is not a mid card belt. It's a mm-hmm. upper main to main event level belt because of the prestige that's built around it and because the two belts tell different stories, which is yeah. great, but it does cause some booking issues. I mean, it's went from EO, you know, mm. top top dog in the company to Momo, who at that time was the new like you know push young face to arisa who we've you know we're talking about this whole time to vacant then julia who again i don't need to tell you much to tam to the wrestler in the company yeah so yeah so it's a belt that one it is it can be a leap for people Mm. but it's not a leap to Oh, all right. Now I'll be ready to get the world title after. No, it's a leap to you are a main event, bona fide superstar for us. Mm. You are one of our main stars. You are one of our faces of the company, and that's where carry a pay per view. And that's where this Arisa wins very important. And we'll get Mm. to this towards the end of the show with the four what if pillars that, of course, you have written about, and we're going to talk about it kind of in full length and. But this win at Gold May solidifies Arisa now because not only is she won the Storm Champion after two very strong runs with that belt from Io and Momo, but she beat the record-breaking Momo. She is everything you need her to be. Like this is where Rossi always expected her to be. Yeah. She's now at the top of the company, and some would say she didn't miss. <laughs> at the top of the company not only yeah. did she not miss she in her first defense went on to have one of the greatest starter matches of all time it was voted the starter match of the year by stardom yeah sure was um so we'll skip right to that but we will talk about the story of course behind it with dream shine tam nakano mm. arisa shiki uh the relationship and you you highlighted it earlier a little bit um, without saying the name Tam Nakano, and it's so much fun. She who must not be named. Yeah, it's it's fun for me now to talk about this because we've seen what Tam Nakano has used this match to do for her own mm. career, um, and that is elevate her, right? Because this is this at the time and still may be for a lot of people her greatest match. Um, Tam, that is, Arisa yeah. too for many people, I'm sure, um, but. Somehow, some way, Arisa Shiki still to this very day has her imprints on stardom. Mm. And a lot of it is because of Tam Nakano, because, you know, Tam likes her, you know, history and uh, <laughs> going back to the little things. But the preeminent this, stardom historian is, in fact, Tam Nakano. So, Shining Destiny 2019, Arisa Shiki versus Tam Nakano. Uh, just an unbelievable storytelling match mm. between you know two frenemies in a lot of ways right because of the way and and how the rest of their year would go too um but their dynamic was so so good like yeah. i don't they tried to recapture that magic and i'm going to give you a comparison they tried to do that with tam and natsupoi that's mm. what they tried to do with the random you know, feud that they did in the middle of the year. It just doesn't work like that. It, mm. This, and that's not a shot at Natsupoi. That's not a shot at Tam. There was just something with what these two were able to do against one another. 
And the magic that they had anytime they're around one another, whether it was as a tag team, which, you know, you and me talked about was at the end of last show that a lot of people connect Arisa mm. to more than even the Wonder Rain um, with Dream Shine. But you were here at this time. You were locked yeah. in with Stardom. Give me a little basis around going into the match, coming out of the match. Everyone was so excited for it because of the way they built the story up. You know, Stardom often a title match is two people who want a championship. Let's have a championship match. But this was a match which felt organic because, you know, the build-up of the two characterizations. And uh, like everyone kind of knew Arisa Hashik was walking away as champion because she'd just won the title. And Tam was still progressively being built up to someone who could be at this level, but she wasn't quite there yet. This match, in a lot of ways, kind of proved to people, hey, Tam Nakano can be a main event level wrestler if everything all the dots start to connect but there was a, a sense of excitement because you knew you were going to get the story heavy stuff they had the history to build around it it was organically built and you knew like even if tam maybe was still finding her way a bit arisa was going to make it exciting because of the way she wrestles tam just then came out and not only matched arisa but kind of drew out a new side of arisa that we hadn't seen to this point in her return run and even her first run now, what were your feelings about this match? Uh, or what are your feelings now about this match, mm. looking back on it? I think that's my uh, it, it hasn't changed. Loved it, both at the time and looking back at it. Because at the time, it was really exciting because it was like it deserved the match of the year as it would go on to get for stardom. Um, but it was exciting because it, it unlocked the next level in Arisa Hashiki and unlocked the next level in Tam. And now, obviously, looking back on it years later, you can see where Tam has grown specifically from this moment. And it's one of those precious Arisa matches. We don't have a lot to really hang on to. They're all really good, but this is a special one because of everything surrounding it. So it, it, it's aged incredibly well um, for slightly different reasons than at the time. Um, but it is like it's one of those matches we will no doubt be covering next next time. Um, yeah. So if you have not seen this match, it is kind of the the peak. It's it's peak Tam Nakano with peak Risa Hoshiki, which are very different peaks, but they they mesh and meld together so well. Bookmark it, folks. This is mm. uh, this is one of the ones, and you'll kind of figure out. As this rain goes on, you might want to bookmark a few more. Um, the good thing about this era that we're talking about, they're all on stardom, unlike yeah. a lot of the stuff we've talked about in the past. Yeah, so when I saw this match, I I was able to get the background before, so mm. going into it, because that's very important. And I was told that beforehand, because, you know, I, I I'll say this when we talk about the next fence. Um, because that's a match that I absolutely adore, one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, because that's one I think you can just watch without having history to it. Mm. Unlike this one, you need that story, you need that understanding of what a recent Tam did. But so I so I got that story. I remember watching it, and it's just like and thinking now to what we've seen Tam's career go on to. She really does everything based off of that match in a lot mm. of ways and how that story was told and how that match was executed. And, you know, if you like Tam Nakano or if you don't, well, this is really where I think it really started to get put together for her. In she terms found of how what she... works for yeah. her. 
you yeah. know, which was, you know, craziness with her storytelling. Mm. Uh, but it worked. Obviously, it worked. She would go on to be one of the faces of stardom, but it is a absolutely phenomenal match. We won't talk about too much about the actual match because that's what we do next episode, people. <laughs> um, but it's one you'll want to check out before we do so. Yeah. Um, moving ahead in the title reign, Riso Shiki defeating Hazuki. At- but there was other wonder, another championship before that one. Um, against Roxy in Eve. Oh yes, 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 yes. Thank yes. you, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, that's see, that's why that's why I have Trent here to save my ass, folks. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, if you're going to skip an Arisa to defense, it's probably that one. Yes. Yeah, so at Wrestle Queendom two in Pro Wrestling Eve, which is funny because now TJPW does those shows. Yeah. Um, she did defend against Roxy. Uh, I I was going to blaze right over that one. I I I. I as I go through my little stats here, I didn't have Eve matches featured, so I apologize, people. Um, How dare you forget about Britain's premier Joshi company? This is one of the weaker defenses. So, Well, you. let's put it this way. On cage match, it hasn't got enough votes yet to have a proper rating. Yeah. Yeah. So now... The championship match around this time is saying something. So now I can go to the match I was wanting yes. to talk about, which was the one against Suzuki... Um, it was in July, I believe July 24, 2019, Cork and Hall. This is, and this is one of the matches I can't wait to talk about. I've written an article about this damn match. Um, <laughs> this is like, for me, the best of the best from Arisa Shiki, just in a pure in-ring wrestling mm. sense. Because at the same time, it's also the best of the best from Hazuki in-ring wrestling sense. Yeah. This is these, right when she was at her most exciting. Yes. These two went in there and they, excuse my language, fucking destroyed each other. <laughs> I, you know, I don't usually use the language on this show, but I had to for this one because there was a intensity to this match and there was intensity mm. to the last title match that we talked about, not the Roxy one, uh, <laughs> the Tam one that I think is what brought Arisa to she it brought her to her peak level yeah. of in-ring ability is that bringing that intensity out kind of like you said she that beautiful violence and when you have someone like hazuki you know hazuki's entire game is violence mm. maybe it's not always beautiful it's just rugged sometimes <laughs> but it's violence yeah. so seeing them match up together it's like one of my most favorite matches to watch it's one of my favorite matches in history because you can just turn it on any time. You don't need any backstory. Mm. You just could see two of the best going in there and slugging it out with Arisa, of course, winning. Yeah. Um, it, they they both the bring one. out the best in each other because Arisa is at her best when someone can go shot for shot with her. Hazuki's at her best when someone's willing to rough it up with her. And, I mean, look, these matches we're talking about, Arisa's gone through Momo Watanabe, who is one of the wrestlers that lean into that the most, Tam Nakano, who is an emotionally charged wrestler but will slug it in through emotion, and then Hazuki, who is just like Momo in that respect. So she's getting the, the best kind of wrestlers to establish herself and not only you know showing the best form of herself, but it just kind of further establishes her as such a dangerous wrestler because she can go blow for blow for all these people and then whip out the Brazilian kick and her you know running knees and all these other strikes and it's like i'm the i'm the premier striker in stardom i'm just thinking about like in terms of like 
first two defenses. Mm. Because I hold these two matches in very, very high regard. I don't think I could think of a better kickoff to a reign. Right, again, ignoring think... the Roxy match, I'm presuming here. Yes. Yes. Of <laughs> I obviously am. I'm talking about the start of matches here. Um, <laughs> but canceling the Roxy match, I'm just saying in the stardom yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's just kind of like, hey, we're going over there. We'll give you mm. a title match, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could think of one because, you know, we a lot, not every rain has a, you know, match outside of Japan, right? That's randomly mm. just thrown oh, in yeah. there. So, um, even to include it though, because I think these two matches are so great, we'll say mm. first three, then it still competes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C with a lot of the very best uh that we've seen in stardom um that damn roxy one trying to ruin my flow though <laughs> it, it would it would really be like i don't think i would have seen any better first two defenses truthfully for yeah. any champion ever if there was no roxy one well i was um, trying to think like momo uh not momo momo watani's second red belt run she had yeah. momo watanabe as her first defense which was fantastic yes but then i, I don't believe she defended until jungle in july did she because she was meant to defend yeah. it against sarai or sarai right. and she had to pull out due to illness and had a banger with roha but that match wasn't for the title yeah because the takumi one's one of my another one of my favorites ever yeah. um but it's not for the title so it no, really doesn't no. count because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good that that was the only one that i thought of and then i was like well that wasn't for the title and then she did go have a title match with takumi later in the year that was mm. phenomenal as well but yeah it's it i think it's arisa if yeah if uh, the look, Roxy yeah, that that the 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 Rocky run ruins your point a bit, but if you ignore it does. that, yeah, if it, it does. If we're just saying in stardom, perhaps, but whatever ruins the conversation. Anyways, we'll move along. Um, so move on to another great championship defense, by the way. Yes, which, by the way, I'm just gonna say we're watching all three of these. Okay, just just know that I, I Are think. We? Oh, I don't know. I don't. We, we might have to. As much as I love Jungle, we might have to sacrifice this one for a, another one. Yeah. Well, we have to watch. We definitely have to watch the Momo one because yeah. that's the win. Um, and then we have to watch the next two. Yeah, we could sacrifice Jungle. Let's try to be nice. I was trying. Oh to no, nice. I get it. But like, there's another. There's. I think it would be better suited put, putting it towards maybe the January 2020 defense. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's very important for many reasons. Um, we'll talk about Jungle plenty on this show, don't you worry? Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, so, so bookmark it, folks. Pay attention. We're gonna hit that 
very first Arisa Shiki Wonder Stardom title challenge from way back mm-hmm. in 2011. And then we're going to hit the Arisa Shiki versus Momo Watanabe match. Arisa Shiki versus Tam Nakano. And then Arisa Shiki versus Hazuki so far. Yeah. So there you go. But let's talk about it. Jungle Kiona challenging for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Stardom X Stardom 2019. And I know Big Shock Jungle lost. But <laughs> August 10, 2019. I know it's tough. But you know, you know what was tough for Jungle? Anytime she had a shot, she was going against like a absolute like train of a champion like the, yeah. the, it's just on the tracks and ain't slowing down anytime <laughs> soon and the, she had the chance with momo right and then she had the chance here with mm. reese and it's like i mean what were you gonna do about that it's not it's just it's just tough timing <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing like the beauty of jungle counter was you could chuck her into a championship match and you were guaranteed to have a fantastic match yeah, she uh, she melded so well with all these top champions. Whether we give you to get to for the red help. belt, Momo oh. Watanabe for the white belt, Arisa for the white belt, Mayu for the red belt. Like it just they mesh so well together. She's a natural kind of yeah litmus test. You can get a great match out of just about anyone with someone like Jungle. But when you put a great wrestler against her, it's just even better. Yeah, yeah, that helps. I would say uh, with so thinking about this one. Um, I think this is kind of where, you know, now it's like, okay, this is, this is not only Reese's reign, Mm. but she is as good as hoped for because, you know, first two matches right out of the rain, that kind of gives you an idea of where she's going. But third match, third match, not counting the Roxy one, because I don't know how many people have actually seen that one truthfully. (laughs) Um, Then, it's like okay, we're we're here, we're in this, mm. um, and, and it brings us right into that five star Grand Prix, which she didn't have a lot of success in. Um, mm. She actually lost a good amount. She lost to Jamie Hader, Utami Hayashida, you may have heard of her, um, and Konami. So that would all lead to title matches, obviously. Yes. Um, but I do think just thinking about who Arisa Yoshiki lost to in her first two matches. It's kind of crazy as we sit here in 2023 because these two are now two of the biggest women's wrestlers in the world. Mm. We'll, we'll take the women's part out. Two of the biggest wrestlers in the world, right? Jamie Hayter's AEW Women's World Champion. You know, I think many people are saying or agreeing she's probably the best in the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's Otami, who. If you're listening to this, you know who Tommy is. You know what she's done. You know what she's yeah. doing. Um, but I think that's impressive. And then, of course, Konami, who poor Konami, you know, she went to the finals in this tournament, mm. lost to Anika Moore in the tournament. But uh, do, you, do you remember anything from this tournament necessarily when it comes to Arisa that jumped out to you? Uh, not necessarily with Arisa because, like, with the timing of this tournament, she, like, you knew she was going to do decently well. But, like, it, it never felt like she was going to be set up as one of the favourites, not because she wasn't deserving of being one of the best in the tournament. It's just, like, you knew the white belt champion wasn't going to tear through and become a favourite. I do remember, like, a lot of these matches being very entertaining, and I thought the time limit that was sort of centred around uh, these matches did lend themselves to kind of favour just Risa get in there and just kick heads off and really lean into that aspect of it, which was great. Um but when you're talking about like she, you know, you're more focused on Utami coming in as a rookie and just 
living up to the super rookie aspect and then someone like you know Hannah Kamara doing what she was doing and yeah. Konami kind of really this was kind of a, a coming out party for Konami in a lot of ways because yeah she made the final in Cinderella but the five-star Grand Prix is kind of asking attracting a different toll from you to survive to the end of this it kind of establishes you and I think a lot of people thought Konami was in for a bigger push after this tournament so yeah Arisa was there but she didn't feel like one of the main characters on the final night, she did go to a time limit draw with Kagetsu, which would set up, of course, the match that you got to see live mm. in person. But before that, Arisa had to beat Avery. Um, <laughs> seven minute and 28 second match. I uh, just wanted to toss that in there because. We've got to uh, stack up the uh, tournament, but got to stack up the defenses a bit there. Yeah, that's the um, Haruka Umasaki uh, defense for Sayakamitani, mm. for example. Um, just not at a gigantic show necessarily like uh that one was that was actually main event uh shiki and avery but let's and talk the about the show that jungle kiona wasn't losing a championship match in Shopping. huzzah congratulations but let's talk about the <laughs> one that you were at uh it was star hmm. world champion wars 2019 arisa defeating kagetsu 18 minutes and 42 seconds um obviously you're gonna remember it fondly because you just got to be there and experience hmm. it but second row baby but that um so that was also the same show that Hanakamura challenged after winning the five star grand prix mm-hmm. and failing which i'm sure surprised a lot of people in oh, because you know b would go on to lose to mayu next so it's yeah. like oh all right um but how much fun was it being there get to see a match like this which you know is one of ultimately her final defenses yeah, look, it was a lot of fun. I will say, like, admittedly, I, I left the arena being a touch disappointed just because, like, going to the show, like, I looked at the card and B Priestley versus Hanukkah was like, okay, that would be interesting. I wasn't uh, – B was doing well, but I wasn't sold on her as a top champion. So that was more of a oh, – might get to see Hana win. This white belt match was the match I was, you know, most excited for. This was the one I was like, it's going to be great. And, you know, it was this and then King of Pro Wrestling later that night. It was a double header. And of all the matches that was happening, I think it was uh, Sonata versus Okada or Okada. Yeah, it was Sonata versus Okada in the main event of that show. But it was Arisa versus Kagetsu, which I was most excited for. And I was maybe painting it to be bigger than it could have been, admittedly. And then B. Priestley and Hannah Kimura tore the house down. They had a fantastic match. But it was just so exciting getting to see Arisa work her craft. And her and Kagetsu worked fantastically together. Even if this match didn't necessarily end up being a five-star classic, it was fun seeing them interact with each other and do their thing. And look, watching Arisa's kicks in person, I don't mean to be that guy, but as great as they are on t- on the screen, the laptop, the TV or whatever, being there in person, you just can appreciate her technique that much more because it really is crazy how talented she was at this kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say she's pretty good. I'd say, I'd say yeah. she was pretty yeah, good. She ate. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's, um, to me, an, always an interesting one to uh, – here, you know, someone just getting that live experience, which mm. is even more unique when we get to talk about. But speaking of unique, there is a certain team that came together for the Goddess of Stardom Tag League, a very popular team. Uh, the match graphics themselves were really the star of these <laughs> shows. Um, you had these. If you haven't seen them, please find them. 
You had the smiling Arisa Shiki and the pouty Tam Nakano, aka Dreamshine, mm-hmm. uh, who would go on to win this tournament, uh, defeating the duo of Bea Priestley and Jamie Hayter in the finals. Um, Dreamshine's a very popular duo. One of the more popular duos in Star mm. history, uh, despite being pretty short-lived in terms of the actual team. Yeah. Uh, but getting to see them go through and win the tournament, I think it kind of... I think this is the tournament for a lot of people that kind of spoiled the tag league because their run was so good mm. that now, like every time tag league comes around, people want their, the, the sort of importance yeah, that those two brought to the table with their run. And maybe that's kind of, I think it's funny to think about because that's kind of, in a recent thing in a lot of ways. It's almost like everything she touched brought a certain importance that mm. maybe tournaments like the Goddess of Stardom Tag League doesn't have as much nowadays. It requires a very special set of circumstances to get a team like Dreamshine. You need a, an above-average storyteller at the very least and someone like Tam Nakano. You need unusual circumstances because you don't get these frenemy stories happening that much. Um, and you need the timing to be right that, that you can focus on them. You know, Risa being the one of Stardom champion could have maybe stopped this from becoming a thing because the focus is on the white belt. But they felt, you know, this is a story that we need to tell. This is something we want to push forward with. And look, I mean, it paid off and then some. This tournament was all about Dream Shine. Everyone wanted them to win. Everyone was hoping they'd go on to win the tag team championships. Um, myself included, even though Jungle and Konami were the champions. You know, I wanted them to lose the belt. I wanted Jungle to lose a match. I wanted Dream Shine to win the tag titles because they were just so great together. It truly was magic. And even if Stardom tried to replicate it, cough, cough, melt here uh, with Natsupoy and Tam Nakano, it's so difficult to replicate because it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a stardom creation. It felt yeah. like them just telling their own story that became important enough to become a focal point. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know if I like I don't Tam and Natsupoi, the way they did it was so quick in a lot yeah. of ways. The story had been built up, but it felt like they were like, oh, we want to tell this story. Oh, we've got like a month and a half to kind of get to the crux of it. They had to rely on the history that had been built, and there was plenty of history, and Tam was more than happy to remind us. But like (laughs) this was told over the course of a year, and it didn't necessarily feel like they were building to something specific. You know what? It just kind of led to it. You know what would be the best way to retell this story nowadays mm-hmm. it would be julia and suzu yeah like that's probably the one if you that's were trying to emulate go to yeah that that or because no think, because it already has the build behind it in stardom yeah. not just before and, and they've got the characters to make it work as well yeah yeah you because know, there's other instances where people are friends and weren't friends that you could kind of tell sure. a similar story i think the biggest missed opportunity around this exact time period a lot of people were hoping kagetsu and azumi would team up because this is right in the middle of kagetsu like I, I, i'm pretty sure rossi wasn't necessarily telling her to go out there and do it she was just doing it you know doting over azumi spending thousands of yen to get her to appear at her parties and stuff and a lot of people, especially when you saw the Dreamshine team come up, was like, 
they, they might run this odd couple as well, but we didn't get to see them team until Kagetsu's retirement tour. Yeah. The odd duos are always the more enjoyable ones, I think, when it comes to storytelling, if you do it right, mm. which is why, like, the only duo I could say nowadays that would work probably is a G- Julia and Suzu, which I hold out hope for maybe somewhere yeah. down the road. Um, but anyways, there was a title defense between uh, the Tag League as Arisa Shiki successfully defended. Jamie uh, defeated Jamie Hayter. Mm. So, there you go. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of one of Jamie Hayter's better stardom matches in her run. Oh, yeah. it's And this is right when Jamie's starting to really find her groove with the company, you know, which would lead to her winning the SWA championship, you know, during uh, the following year, just before everything went downhill. Yeah, it was very clear that stardom had pretty big hopes for Jamie, and mm. <laughs> they were right to do so. Yeah, we're seeing the, the proof in the pudding now in 2023. Yeah, she, she was someone that had that potential back then. They mm. were building up. They were giving her a Wonder Storm title match, like you said, SWA. Uh, they were tag champs when heading into COVID as yeah. well. So lots going on there, but unfortunately uh, it didn't all get the turnout for Jamie and stardom, but of course she found her success down the road, and I'm sure she uh, thanks a lot of her run in stardom to that. Mm. Um, in the title opportunity, the match that they had, uh, they did lose to Jungle Kiona and Konami, like you added. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, very sad that we didn't get that dream shine <laughs> tag team reign. Uh, a lot of people were shocked by that too. Like, I remember at the time it felt like, oh, yeah, they're going for Risa double champion, dream shine after all this, they're going to win the titles. And yeah, it, people weren't necessarily disappointed because Konami and uh, Jungle were a popular team, but it definitely TCS. wasn't like what. But yeah, yeah. It, I mean, TCS was red hot at this time too, which might have been the, the catalyst in deciding to hold off on changing the titles. But at the time, I do remember people being like, when the results popped up on Stardom uh, Twitter, I was like, oh, they yeah. they kept the titles. Yeah, now I get to now I get to talk about one of my favorite Stardom shows ever, which was that year-end Climax show 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, with again, maybe one of the one of, if not the best, rematch runs I've seen from them. Uh, of mm. course, Julia and Hanakamura going to their 15 minute draw. Um, very storied match, and we'll wake, wake, nudge, nudge, talk about that very soon. <laughs> um, the Wonder Storm title match where Arisa Shiki successfully defeated Konami. That's one of my favorite Konami matches, mm. um, specifically. Um, by default, Arisa, too, because, again, <laughs> I don't have many to pick from. Uh, but I think that's one of the ones where you kind of see that full level of Konami in a lot mm. of ways, which she had a lot of moments that year, of course, going to the finals of two tournaments um, and being a tag team champions and so on. You know, TCS had a lot of success, but her getting to close out that year, challenging for Arisa, um, it, was, it was great. And it's one of... You know those the the Tam and Hazuki ones; those are my favorites. But this is um, this is up there for sure. It, it's it's such a great rain because there's like there's no bad spots. Yeah, it's just like it was a great way for her to end her. It was a great way for Arisa to end her year, right? Hmm. Cinderella tournament, winning the Wonder Storm title, great defense, great defense, great defense, and close the year out with another 
great defense. And it continues on with what we're talking about of the right kind of people being put against Arisa. This is another person who, you know, blow for blow, challenging on the striking, and, you know, Konami brings that submission game, which kind of has that MMA vibe to it. Like, it, it tied into what made Arisa so exciting by throwing these amazing talents at her. And, you know, you mentioned the, the best three-match run in a lot of companies' history, of course, the match after this was Mayu Watani versus Kagetsu, which me being an idiot forgot that this was actually the first defense of Mayu, not the championship win. So her two matches was Kagetsu and then Momo Watanabe, which would actually challenge the Arisa one. I just keep forgetting that she beat B Priestley because I keep forgetting B Priestley had the championship. <laughs> But I thought yeah, I'd better, that might be I'd better clarify that because there were probably a couple of people listening going, you idiots, Kagetsu Momo, that's the first two. Yeah, they definitely did. Well, I was just like, you know, clueless. But what we're going to do now is we're going to finish out Arisa's run here in stardom before we highlight a very important match that no one has gotten to see unless you were in the building, which still angers me to this day, but I will... <laughs> I will, uh, I will act like that's not a big deal. Uh, so this is the match that uh, Trent was talking about earlier. Uh, Risa Shiki defeating Utami Hayashishida, Wonder of Storm title match. Of course, this is the same year Utami Hayashishida will go on to win the five-star mm-hmm. Grand Prix and eventually the World of Stardom Championship. And it's a very important one to highlight because for many people, and again, this is something I think Arisa showed with a lot of her title defenses, is that this was the moment where people were like, oh, but Tommy might be like, she might be there. You know, she, 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 she might deserve the push she's getting. Yeah. Like, this is the match that's like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. All mm. right, Rossi. I get what you're cooking up back there. <laughs> um, and that's very important. It's very mm. important because it goes without saying, these two would have been probably long term rivals overall with that top spot. Utami also may have not went on to win the title immediately later that year because of many things that happened throughout this year Mm. um, that we're about to touch on. Uh, But very important match, of course, for both Arisa and Utami, um, especially Utami. But one that I'm happy that you agree we should probably go over because of the meaning behind it. Yeah, uh, this is important because, like, it, it, it really kind of announced to people that Utami, it, it, it challenged her because she got busted open hard way. It wasn't a planned spot. Um, and it, it added to the drama of the match, but she stepped up to it. You know, when some wrestlers might have been shaken by it, she was able to, you know, really step up to the occasion. And this, again, is like a Reese's firing on all cylinders at this point. And it was a slightly different match because Utami is not a striker like a lot of the wrestlers she had gone up against, more in line with the Jungle Kiona type. But it was someone that, like, she was lifting up into the next spot as opposed to people who were kind of already established as the upper mid card and stuff. Utami was really sort of revving the engines after kind of, you know, learning through 2019. And, yes, it's mostly remembered because of the visuals of Utami being busted open and kind of the more not psychotic violent side of Arisa Hashiki. Like, that may be overstating it, but, like, it felt like when she saw that, it kind of it, it fired her up and it's like, oh, I like the side of people bleeding because of me. Yeah, she became a shark that smelled blood in mm. a lot of ways. And I think uh, that's such an interesting level to her because when that bell rang, it's just different. It was different. She was a different animal than what she was before uh, 
So, um, and then her final defense with the Wonder of Stardom title against B Priestley to me, one of if not B's best match. You can put mm. this in the Utami match, her final match of Stardom yep. as her top two. I'm sure. Uh, I know B has said multiple times in like Q and A's that this is her favorite match that she's mm. had. Um, I don't know if that was before or after the Utami one. I'm sure that emotionally is one of her favorites, but this was one of her proudest, one of her favorites. And uh, it really, I think, I think it showed to a lot of people what B could have been during that world of stardom title reign. She just, this is why they gave her the chance because it was inside of her and it took a little longer to unlock than probably they were hoping for. Yeah. Um, But under different circumstances, we could have seen this version of B Priestley doing even more work. Yeah. And, it's a great defense for a title mm. reign to end on. Obviously, that wasn't the plan, yeah. but it was the case. Um, and then on February 16th, 2020, uh, New Year's Stars, Risa Shiki would have her final match. Uh, pretty pretty boring way for her career to end. Uh, she, yeah. you know, she was just teaming with Stars, Bia Priestley, Natsuko Tor, Natsu Samire, Saki Kashima, and Zoe Sky. Uh, they defeated Stars, Risa Shiki, Mayu Yutani, Starlight Kid, Tam Nakano, and Riho mm. in just a regular old match. And as the story goes, unexpectedly on May 20th, 2020, uh, the retirement was announced due to mm. injury as Arisa Shiki, uh, Shiki would officially vacate the title. This was just all pretty much delivered in a tweet. We didn't get uh, yeah much more than that. I believe it was her neck. Yeah, uh, it was it was neck and head issues. That's yeah. all we really got, and then yeah. kind of maybe clarified a bit into mental health and physical health, yeah. all being re- recurring reasons. Like she said herself that she'd been suffering with these injuries for quite a long time, and look, especially during this period, it was unusual to see wrestlers being quite heavily taped up. They didn't necessarily take the one or two week breaks that we see now on like these you know weekend tours where someone might miss a week or two for health. They would just power through it, and we don't know how much of those kind of matches lean towards her having to retire rather than taking time off to heal. Um, but like if there's mental health issues as well, it might have been for the best because unfortunately. Right around this time, we saw how mental health and wrestling can capitulate into the worst of possible circumstances. Yeah, within days. Um, mm. And that's that's the sad thing. Like, Arisa didn't get the, the chance to not take in all the, the love and respect. But, yeah, just the announcement for Arisa came, and then days later, it was understandably overshadowed, but it was overshadowed and... Yeah, we we didn't get to see a proper send off for her, which is yeah, it's uh, it's heartbreaking. And people were still hoping, like when Tam was eventually win the belt from Julia, people were hoping Arisa was going to maybe show up or something because it felt so unfinished. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of get sick, sick thinking about May twenty twenty. Um, I mean. Obviously, there's the parts that we were living in a world where we didn't know what was going on. And yeah, I mean, we're, I just said her last match came in February 16th and she didn't announce her official retirement until uh, three months right. later. 
Yeah, because because um, yeah, there was the the two March shows that they had, and like she was scheduled to be on that No People Gate show right up until like an hour or two beforehand it was yeah. announced. I think that she wasn't going to be able to wrestle, and like I think at the time we'd heard like she'd woken up with like bad headaches or migraines. That it didn't sound like it was a she's never coming back situation. Yeah, and then when the Cinderella tournament came around, she wasn't on the card. She wasn't involved at all, and that's kind of. There was no communication, but that was when people were starting to think, hang on, this isn't just a, you know, a headache that kept her away. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to think about because yeah. there are so many what-ifs when it comes to the career of Rizushiki. You know, we just spent an hour talking about the wonderful road that was her 2019 and how Somehow it all came crashing down within seconds, um, mm. and in such a such a way that upsets me so much because she didn't get that moment to say, you know, one just thank everyone because you know she was a fan favorite, obviously, mm. but get to retire the right way. Even if she didn't get to have a last match. It's just because of the circumstances, and I'm, we know she wasn't doing well. Obviously, you know she mm. when she came back to Twitter at the time, you know she came back under her real name with Don Seto, um, and she was very much like Arisa, I'm not Arisa Shiki anymore. Yeah, that was a name that she really start learned to hate in a lot of ways, which is heartbreaking in itself. And she, after some time, get back to appreciating that name and knowing mm. that was her which again was one of the my favorite things really of her career is just her getting back to that level of not only do i appreciate this name i'm happy to go buy it again mm. um you know we there's so much about arisa that we don't know we'll never we'll never know we nor do yeah. should we know because it's mm. personal um yeah. but we will go to that what if part of this now uh, so going back to January 4th, 2020, the first ever stardom match in a New Japan ring, mm-hmm. um, Wrestle Kingdom 14 inside the Tokyo Dome. Day one, day one. Sorry, this was this was <laughs> this was, this this was, was when they did doubles. Yes, this was the double gold dash. Um, just a gigantic two night, two back to back shows. Of course, mm. you had. Uh, Ultimately, Naito going on to win his big match, but to kick it all off was Arisa Shiki and Mayu Yutani teaming up against the team of Julia and Hanakamura. And, you know, Julia was getting prepared to beat Arisa Shiki, obviously, for the Wonder of Storm Championship. Um, Hanakamura, of course, was someone who was getting ready to enter a story. Well, she was already in a long-term story Mm. with Julia, but it wasn't hard to figure out where that was all going to go. Um, We saw where it ultimately went for Julia in her Wonder Storm title reign. Mm. Uh, But the what-ifs come in here now because these four were to be presented as the big four, the four pillars. You know, people love mm-hmm. to use pillars. Um, <laughs> but these these were the four of the future. It was Mayu, Arisa, Hana, and Julia. And 
when I say I get sick because of thinking of May, it's just how quickly two of those pillars were no longer in the picture one way or the other injury. Mm. And of course the passing of Hanukkah and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and think, Oh, would they be even bigger now? Had these four been on top? Um, because I don't know that for sure. Mm. But what I do know is that it would have helped, you know, like what they were able to do. And, and this is something I will forever credit stardom with because for a lot of people after May that year, it was really hard for them to get back into stardom. And yeah. it was really hard to, you know, stardom wasn't stardom when they came back from everything. Yeah. Cause two of your biggest stars were gone and you had to build up big stars. And this is why I applaud stardom is that they somehow managed to do it so quickly, mm. right. With, pushing you Tommy to the top and having and you know you and me give credit to Mayu all the time but she was never more important than she was during this time yeah but we must ask where would have Risa have gone after you know that match of course at the Tokyo Dome mm. and the future where would she have been you know at all-star dream Cinderella where would she be now? Um, the potential and the sky was obviously the limit. Uh, I think you and me can at least connect the dots of where Hanukkah was going. I think she mm. was the easier road to pave out. She was going to be facing Julia, probably taking that wonder of stardom title away from Julia, whether that was the all-star dream Cinderella uh, main uh, event or not. It probably would have been. Um, and then, you know, Tam was trying to chase Arisa at the time, and yeah. Julia took that from her. So that would all figure it out. But what do you think Arisa would have done after losing the title? Well, I, I had it down to win the red belt. Um, I yeah. think part of the reason why she would have lost the white belt beat to Julia beat to Tam Nakano yeah. would have been to set her up to then win the red belt. Yeah. And in my What If article that I wrote for Wrestle In, which – yeah, feel free to go and look at that if you want. Spoilers for it, I guess. Um, I had her winning the red belt at All-Star Dream Cinderella. Yeah. Um, that was going to be her crowning moment. She would have you know, lost the white belt and then she would have built herself back up. And it felt only a matter of time before she became one of those few people who held both the red and the white belt. Um, yeah. There was a reason why she was in the big four because yeah. she was someone that they knew they could trust at the top. But there were still so many stories to tell. The, the paramount one being... Mayu Watani versus Arisa Hashiki. We only got that back in 2011. You know, 10 years later, those two going at it would have been a completely different ball game. And that's one of the saddest things in all of this is we didn't get to see AMA go one-on-one at their peaks. Yeah. Uh, it makes you think, like, was it a complete shift of Utami went into Arisa's spot, Tam went into Hana's spot, because then that makes you think, would have Arisa won the five-star and then won the title? Or like you said, mm. waited till All-Star Dream Cinderella to, say, face a longer reign Mayu at the time? Um, because, you know, Arisa didn't need the five-star no. to win. She didn't need that win like Utami did. You could have ha easily had Utami win that and then lose to Mayu. 
mm-hmm. and then build to that match, which is something I definitely consider because it's not like Utami wasn't getting built up. It's yeah. just maybe she wouldn't have been on the very top. It basically right. would have pushed Utami's reign back one year. Yeah. Instead of winning it at the end of 2020, she would have won it at the end of 2021. Right. Which, again, with the what ifs now, you know, Shuri, of course, kind of comes out of nowhere to, yeah. in a lot of ways, be the saving grace to this company that I don't think anyone expected when she signed. Mm. A lot mm. of people know for a fact, we're like, oh, you know, she's a she's a good veteran who can put on good matches and you know she'll be a good number two to Julia and look at we are now Shuri's yeah. one Shuri's one wrestler of the year in multiple magazines she had a year long reign as world star champion she won the five star grand prix uh she's maybe regarded as the best wrestler in the world today mm. that probably never happened <laughs> yeah like, i mean the whole utami versus shuri match that turned so many eyes on the stardom doesn't probably happen in this alternate scenario because no. Shuri's not in that spot. Utami's not in that spot. And that's not to say uh, one of, you know, Arisa or Hana couldn't have had that kind of match. Um, but, like, you know, that was a match that came out of nowhere to catch people's eyes. And, yeah, you know, as much as Stardom would have been in a better spot coming out of the, the lockdowns in mid-2020 if they had their other two big stars on hand, um, they did it without, and they did it through different means. Um, yeah. It, it's 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 a fascinating what if because of that because it's not like oh if stardom uh, didn't have arisa or hana they failed this isn't a what if they could have succeeded this is a how would they have succeeded differently yeah yeah it's it may it just you know 2020 is the crazy like 20 may 2020 specifically for stardom it's like the craziest month i'll ever see a company experience because mm. covid how do you deal with that risa hana two of your top stars um and then trying to figure that all out while also having months before being purchased by bushi road you know that's important well not months months before, after but- yeah yeah. Months after you, you know, you know what I meant. Yeah, um, and also like they they had to change their strategies because all through COVID they were using you know Zoom and live YouTube chats for these wrestlers to remain relevant and you know connecting with the fans. Like every night there was you know Jungle doing fitness classes or you know drinking parties with Toriano and stuff like that. And then yeah. with with all of this that happened, they kind of understandably put a stop to it until they could return to in ring action, but. Yeah. yeah, everything and, kind of changed. Yeah, but back to Arisa, I know like we kind of uh, straight off there to the what if, because I think it's important with her career more than anyone's, mm. um, maybe except for Hanna, of course, um, to think, you know, it, it also comes to the point where we sit here and we're just happy we got what we did at the same time because, mm. you know, she wasn't in wrestling for a long time. That, ret- that middle, that first retirement just took her it's another big what if harder what if because she was still so early in her career Mm. but almost easy to figure out just based off of what rossi was saying at the time and then of course this one but uh the the third episode of this while we talk about her best matches we will also talk about her impact on stardom overall um so for matches a good reminder 
the matches that we will be checking out, and we hope you do too, will be uh, Yuzuki Akawa versus Risa Shiki from February. Not February, Jesus. December, <laughs> December 2011. The wonder, the wonder match. They the had. wonder stardom title match. Mm. Um, and then Arisa's match with Mo Watanabe to win the title uh, mm-hmm. for the Wonder of Storm Championship. The match with Tam Nakano, the match with Tazuki, mm-hmm. and the match with Utami Hayashida. Those will be the main four we highlight. That's your homework, guys and girls. Yes, yes. We, we're going to try to keep it to four most of the time because one, you know, watching matches does take up time. Yeah. Um and we can talk. <laughs> yeah, we can talk, and we don't want to go. We we managed to make the second episode go over an hour after the first one went over an hour, which is why, you know, we put this in three parts. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if this was just one long shot. <laughs> but uh, but as someone who appreciates what Arisa was able to do in the ring, um, going through this run once more, um, it's, it's fun because mm. – you think of all the tough ways it ended and stuff, but ultimately what the nickname of the shining star, it couldn't have been more true when she was out there. Like no one shined brighter in her matches or on Mm. the shows. Like she was everything and more as a champion, as a competitor, as a pro wrestler. And uh, I'm excited to watch those matches next. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, as much as this sort of past half now of being tough to talk about, because it is about very sad and unfortunate circumstances, it's nice to go back and just watch why we connected so much with her. Yeah, why why this is so sad is because she was so much fun and so great to watch. And instead of, you know, mulling on kind of the what could have been and how sad it is that she had to retire the way she did, we can go back and remember the good sides, the incredible matches, the vibrant personalities. And the best way to do that is to just watch it. Don't just remember the great matches, watch the great matches. And that's what we hope you guys are going to do between now and next fortnight. That's what we will be doing. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be good fun coming back in a fortnight to discuss all of this. I'm sad. <laughs> I get, I get sad every time we get towards the end of, talking about the Arisa career, but uh, it's it's how it goes. That's that's what I signed up for when we talk about this. <laughs> um, but I hope uh, we kind of paved the way of for you all before we get to the matches and the impact mm. of kind of just how much she fit in in her very little time because all, all we talked about was pretty much two f- – two years and change of career which is pretty insane to think about um but uh thank you for listening of course uh trent do you have anything to pluck uh um, look maybe it's hard to say sometimes when things are coming out there's some stuff in the works um we have podcasts you can hear our lovely voices and sometimes joined by another lovely voice in ryan but the easiest way to keep up with what i'm doing is simple go to my twitter at one up culture and uh when you do that just tell me how much you like what we do and i'll be happy you don't have yeah to. That's, just, that's just bonus credit yeah twitter at Scott E Wrestling, that's the best way to figure out what I'm doing because obviously I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, half the time, uh, 
last time I did because I was all prepared. I was like, ooh, I had an interview and stuff. This time around, not so much. Um, but make sure to follow. I'm about to sneeze. That's okay. We're good. We're good. We're going to avoid it. Uh, but please, yeah, make sure to follow both of us. Let us know how you're enjoying the episodes, if you don't mind. Because, um, you know, feedback's always nice. We're, you know, we're still trucking along here. And this Reese episode was kind of the first trial. Well, we're not done with them. But matches, <laughs> matches are matches. We've done matches. Yeah. Um, first trial, let us know how it helped pave your you know, mind if you've never known a Reese, never seen mm. a Reese, only seen a match here or there, and kind of gave her feeling of what she meant to this promotion at the beginning and um, back in 2019, which is one of Stardom's most popular years. Yeah, so, we're going to uh, be doing a lot of these wrestler-based episodes. And yeah. like when we started the podcast, we've mentioned before, but this is kind of what we knew was going to be the, the bread and butter. So like if there are things you like from this kind of show or well, things that you think could be different, um, because these are going to be so important for us, feel free to let us know. And on the other topics too, of course, but particularly yeah. with these ones. Yeah, it'll be very different uh, when we do other episodes because mm. almost all of them will have many more matches. <laughs> uh, <than laughs> yeah, it's going to be more spread out in the stories yeah. rather than going you know, through just a full year of wrestling. Yeah, but. we have to be very exact with the research because there mm. wasn't uh, too, too much. But there was a lot at the same yeah. time. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to check back next time as we break down the best of the best from Arisa Shiki's career. So until then, I'm Scott. He's Trent. This was the Stardom Road. We'll see you then. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This has been a Countout Podcast.